Hello, NPR friends. New day, new episode. Yo, 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 yo. Whether you're wearing pants or not, welcome to No Pants Required. I'm your host, X3C, and thanks for joining. Today's episode, Tax Exempt Organizations. But before we dive into the episode, let's jump into the quickie. Retirement age. It's something that's been on my mind a lot lately, to be honest with you guys. I have considered you know, different possibilities of when I retire, when I expect to retire, how much money I think I may need when I retire, which is super difficult to try to calculate. Nonetheless, there are like calculation, like websites you can go to. There are people who I even know at my job that have designed their own Excel spreadsheets to help formulate um, inputs to help you identify how much, you know, help identify maybe the amount that you may need and depending on longevity or how long you expect to live, which is all like theoretical, right? But nonetheless, to me, it's fun and intriguing to plan for like the unknown or plan for a future stake, right? I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a organized thinker and equally a long-term strategist that I'm obviously that's what I do for a living, but it's really part of like my DNA or who I am. I really like to just think about the possibilities and, and scenario plan, if you will, for those different options. So it was very interesting when I heard, actually I heard, I actually saw an article about two Republican lawmakers who strongly suggest the conversation of raising the retirement age. And I'm like, here we go. So reason why I have that response, to be honest with you guys, I think I'm eligible to retire at 59 and a half years old. And I can tell you when that age come, I'm retiring. There's not no lingering. I don't want to linger and stay on for a bunch of extra years. No, hell no. Um, it's it's already you know weighing on me that I have to work an X amount of years of my life dedicated to a particular job or career. I kind of just want to do what I want to do. And I'm telling you guys, I've already thought about it and I'm prepared. I think I know what my retirement plan is. I think. Right now, it's to become a bartender. I kind of want to be one of those older bartenders who work at one of those young person joint and kind of be a creepy kind of bartender. <laughs> I kind of want to be that person. Um, yeah, I do. I actually do work a couple hours a, a week. You know, maybe two days max, three days maybe. I don't know. Um, and just and just enjoy just like retirement by leisurely making drinks for people. I think that'd be super dope and awesome as my next career when it's time to retire at 59 and a half. But the reason why I brought this up for today's quickie, it's really because if the retirement age is changed from 62 
to what 67 as some has proposed because air quote folks are living a little bit longer. I'm not here for it. Now, granted that deals with social security and it's not necessarily going to directly impact me because I have a retirement plan that's already set up to uh, be able to retire at 59 and a half. So I'm not going to rely on social security. However, that is like extra on top. And I would like to get that extra on top three years after I actually retired, as opposed to waiting almost eight years. Hell, yeah, seven and a half to almost eight years later to receive that additional you know, revenue that I've actually put in. Uh, I don't like that idea. I don't like the idea one bit. Um, in fact, today's quickie dives into today's episode. And I purposely did that, obviously, because I'm a planner, right? So what do you guys think? Are you in favor of raising the retirement age by, in essence, five additional years from 62 to 67? Or are you in favor of keeping it where it is? Ask yourself that question. I already know my answer. And that's the quickie for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and others. As I mentioned earlier, today's episode have everything to do with taxes. In particularly, tax-exempt organizations. With just under one month to the end of the tax season in the United States, I felt it would be interesting to explore tax-exempt organizations and why they even exist. <laughs> How is it even allowed? And why aren't they paying taxes? So to better understand, we first have to understand the foundations. And there are about five of them that I want to cover. Number one, charitable organizations. So under the current tax code, organizations organized and operating exclusively for religious, charitable, scientific, Testing for public safety, iterative, or I'm sorry, uh, education, <laughs> and other specific purposes that meet these criterion uh, are under these tax exempts under the, ready for this, the Internal Revenue Code Section 501c3. I'm certain you guys may have heard of that. Number two on our list is churches and religious organizations. The first was charitable organizations. Churches and religious organizations, like many other charitable organizations, may qualify for exemption from federal income tax under Section 501c3. So we have charitable and now churches and religious organizations. And third on the list is private foundations. So Every organization that qualifies for tax-exempt status under Section 501c3 is classified as a private foundation unless it meets one of the exceptions listed under Section 509a. Private foundations typically have a single major source of funding, usually gifts from one family or corporation rather than funding from many sources. So the source is one particular location. And most have as their primary activity, the making of grants 
to other organizations. These are private foundations. Organizations to individuals rather than the direct operations of charitable programs. Number four, political organizations. So a political organization subject to section 527 is a party, committee, association, fund, or other organization, whether or not incorporated, organized and operated, operated primarily for the purpose of directly or indirectly accepting contributions or making expenditures or both for exempt function. And lastly, here is other nonprofits. So these are organizations that meet specific requirements, may qualify for exemptions under subsections other than 501c3. These include social welfare organizations, civic leagues, social clubs, interesting there, and labor organizations and business leagues. Yeah, I'll leave it there. <laughs> so all of these is governed under the inter Internal Revenue Code, as I mentioned them throughout, but mostly of them fall under the 501c3, and that's what I want to cover right now. So I looked into it and I asked myself, why? Why? And so I dug a little deeper and I found out a little bit more. So to be tax exempt under the 501c3 of the Internal Revenue Code, an organization must be organized and operated. It's important. Exclusively for exempt purposes. Set forth in Section 5013C. Sorry, 501c3. <laughs> Think about my name <laughs> and none of its earnings, not one of it may be permitted, if you will, to any private shareholder or in, in the individual. So it can't be one person maintaining the funds there and it can't be some type of private shareholders. Right. So section there's another section that I definitely want to cover in and in, in, in particularly and you see where I'm going with this in a second. Section 501C6. Now I cover the C3. This is now C6 of the Internal Revenue Code. Specifically, you may know where I'm going with this. Defined professional football leagues as exempt organizations under this section. These organizations are exempt whether or not they administer a pension fund for football players. Now I cover two here. If you was paying attention. You would have caught on what I was trying to get here. I really want to dive into two real quickly here. And it's religious organizations, a.k.a. churches, and professional football here in the United States, the NFL, the National Football League. And there are two sections, as I just mentioned, that governs the exempt status for tax purposes. And I can't understand why and never could understand why these organizations that makes millions and in the NFL case, well, hell, in both cases may even make billions of dollars in revenue. And I'm purposely stressing the word revenue. You're making profit, essentially, 
outside of your operating costs and costs that you're paying for operating costs obviously include salaries for those that are uh, are hired to perform specific roles which is for me all encompassed in uh, administrative costs it's pure profit right and though again it's not going to individuals or you know private shareholders it kind of sort of is and i never could understand how we you know i would think we would try to strive for an equitable tech system especially when we're trying to like you know pay down our deficit i would think we want to bring as many revenue or tax stream income coming in to help pay, pay that down and obviously on the other side of that lessen the amount that we are sending out right it's a balance there and i think it's it can be easily done but definitely want to dive deeper into the 501c3 and 501c6 so here we go um back in let's see what it was it was in April 28 of 2015, almost eight years ago, actually April 15th, or April 28, almost eight years ago, where the National Football League, NFL, announced that it would voluntarily give up its non-for-profit tax-exempt status, a status that the league have held since 1942. After a year-long study conducted by League's financial committee, the decision was submitted to the 32 team owners, the 32 teams, who voted in favor of abandoning the League's tax-exempt status. Uh, so the NFL, or the entity that is the National Football League's office, will now pay federal income taxes which started again um the april after 2015 so 2016. so the nfl just recently started paying taxes i'm sure there was pressure right you know it. it had to be so prior to the decision the nfl was considered a trade organization a trade organization what are you trading what goods are you trading but it's considered a trade organization under the 501 c6 of the internal revenue code which exempted the league from paying federal taxes so in 1966 you know it started from somewhere after successfully lobbying by the league the internal revenue service rewrote the code 501 c6 of the code specifically to include professional football leagues as associations exempt from paying federal taxes even though the nfl was making millions of dollars in revenue each year the tax exempt status reportedly only saved the league around that time roughly 10 million dollars per year so the league lobbied and was successful in that lobbying to change the tax code to benefit them and i i'm, I'm stressing this because there's not a advocate or advocation for those let's say the working class or middle class to lobby 
to get the tax code changed. But yet, those with money and lawyers have the money and resources to do so to benefit themselves. That is what frustrates me about the tax code. And I'm, I'm bringing this to everyone's attention so that we are aware of how tax dollars, and in some cases are, in my opinion here, being misused and abused. Now, granted, I do applaud the NFL for at some point, I'm pretty sure it's pressure levied on them, changing and decided we'll start paying taxes. But let's not forget that they lobbied in the beginning. Hell, it was even granted in the beginning and then lobbied again to have certain words included into the tax code. It shouldn't be this easy. I mean, that easy to do. Honestly, it should be, you know, less, I guess, written in terms of exemptions. Honestly, you know, if we could find a equal balance that, and I'm saying this with air quotes, because I don't know what fair share would actually look like. I'm certain there's many different circumstances that can change what fair share would be. But I'm definitely in favor of a fair share taxes on the individual and corporation levels. And these exemptions, let's get rid of them. Or at least get rid of part of them. So I'm going to take this. Lobbying can afford organizations, like I mentioned earlier, for tax benefits on their own. Now, let's look at the other side of this. Let's talk about churches, religious organizations. As I mentioned earlier, churches are included as tax exempt based on IRS code 501c3. Granted, that is a very broad um, section of the tax code. So basically, this is where I'm suggesting, I think I'm pretty right here, <laughs> where I believe it is unconstitutional for churches, religious organizations to remain tax exempt. Think about it. Our constitution bars government from subsidizing religion because there is something called separation of church and state. Correct? However, providing a tax exemption to churches or religious organizations is in fact subsidizing religious organizations. As I mentioned again earlier, outside of administrative costs, churches operate under mostly a profit entity. I mean, they're bringing in revenue directly in. And one can argue, are they providing a service? Are they not providing a service? But nonetheless, that's between the air quote buyer and the goods that are being delivered for said purchase of those organizations, which has nothing to do with the tax system. So if individuals are paying for something and air quote, receiving a good and or service from that payment, they should be taxed like any other organization in the United States. I think these exemptions really need to be looked at. We really have to consider why are there, there many exemptions when as a country, we really should be trying to focus on lowering the tax for everyone to include corporations. So I think if we get rid of these exemptions 
and we get rid of these loopholes, we are able to, in fact, reduce the taxes on everyone else because you are bringing in more of a tax revenue for those who are not paying taxes at the moment. So when I think about like tax revenue, why should the U.S. tax code allow one or some of the largest organizations in the country to remain under the tax exempt clause without paying taxes? Doesn't make sense to me. And I want to find the people who think that does make sense. And we can have a discussion about that. Taxes should be equal and fair again to everyone. So my point that I want to make here is there are even some churches or religious organizations that use their revenue or profit to fund political organizations. And therein lies my issue. Early on, I mentioned that the NFL successfully back in 1966 lobbied to have certain words included in the tax code so that those organizations could remain in the tax exempt status. Well, you also have churches who fund political organizations and we know they are funding organizations in their favor. It's not just funding organizations because you feel like funding it. They're funding them for a purpose and a need of their own organization. My issue is right there. Let's take away the way to lobby and influence tax code decisions or rewriting of our code in benefit of them. I would prefer everyone, including organizations, pay your fair share. That way we in essence, reduce the amount of taxes on all corporations, nonprofits, individuals. So my point in this episode is to bring awareness of the UX tax code that we can drastically update. Hey, you guys know what the vehicles you need to take to try to advocate? Go out there and do so. Uh, this could help lower, as I mentioned, the tax burden on individuals, which is really the angle I'm pushing for. Um, so when I mentioned fair share in taxes, this is what I mean. Um, there is much needed change to make the tax code more equitable for all. And I think we need to start somewhere. And this is a great place to start. What do you guys thought on, you know, this particular topic? Now, I try to cover this in a way where it's very factual based and I didn't bring in any other angles to it. So I want to know what you guys think about you know, these tax, tax exempt organizations, in particularly the NFL and religious based organizations. And should they? Well, the NFL is already doing it now. Uh, but should churches, religious organizations also follow suit and pay their fair share in taxes? OK, friends, good chat. Until next week, remember, positive energy leads to positive vibes. Don't forget to subscribe if this is your first time joining. No Pants Required can be found on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Peace.